Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, a place for adolescent and family healing. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If your family is struggling and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their trained professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. The situation required me to stand behind my wife even if I thought this was a stupid battle to pick, even if I thought it was, it was, it would have gone above and beyond what we should have done if she would have spanked her, which she didn't. I need to stand, even if she would have spanked her, stand behind Katie and say, I'm behind you 100%, and Ruth, you deserve that. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Welcome to Paradox. Hey, everybody. I'm Jimmy Myers along with Josh Myers. And uh, we are glad that you have taken a little bit of time out of your day. You know, it's only 20 minutes. Not bad. Ish. We're, we're fudging a tad, but it's pretty close to it. Uh, if you would like to learn more about our show, please look at ParadoxPodcast.com. Uh, myself on Twitter and Instagram, it is J Myers Fam. Uh, and then on Facebook, I am Dr. Jimmy Myers on Facebook. Uh, the show can be found on those three platforms as well. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's Docs podcast d-o-c-s podcast and then i yours truly josh can be found at those three platforms it is doc josh myers so d-o-c josh myers and myers is m-y-e-r-s so look us up there instagram is typically reserved for personal stuff um personal photos of family and then all the others are just kind of interesting psychological parenting family how much i dislike donald trump there's that. Uh, it's it, that, that's it also. Gets, Jimmy gets very political. I not try very, not to. Just sometimes. <laughs> so it has to do with Donald Trump. Uh, we we need to have an election. We've talked about we it. We do a, a political a paradox episode. episode. Election coverage. <laughs> I like it. I like this. So today we're going to be talking about a very common issue in parenting and complex. And if you say this is not a problem with you and your spouse, well, I think you're fibbing. Yeah. So um, we're talking about supporting your spouse over your child. We Our oldest is three years old. We have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And just a few months ago, uh, Katie, my wife, and I were sitting around with our kids at the dinner table. And my, uh, my daughter, Ruth, the three-year-old, did not want to eat her chicken. Well, then that baby doesn't need to have to eat that chicken. No, she doesn't, sweet baby. Um, So, yeah, she does not need to eat the chicken. But Katie, my wife, her mother, wanted her to eat the chicken. Um, She didn't want to. She sat and she refused. But Katie really drew the line and said, Ruth, you're sitting here. Uh, until you eat this chicken. I, I was having flashbacks of my childhood and sitting there having to not eat spinach and Jimbo making me. And I was just like, that that was the weirdest thing. It was about sp- spinach. I don't get forcing people to eat. I think it might at some level send weird messages. So lots of things were were floating through my head. Um, but Katie was very clear. Nope, you're eating the chicken. Well, it went a mano a mano. <laughs> Ruth was sitting there not eating it, and 
<laughs> Catherine, wow, wow, Catherine wow. was 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 sitting there staring at her. So eventually, I had to get up. Uh, my my son, my one year old, needed to get a bath, and so I start walking up the stairs. And Katie's like, "Well, what 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 should I do?" And I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> Inside, I'm like, "You chose this battle. You've got to finish it." Um, and so I walked upstairs. I didn't tell her that, of course. <laughs> I said, "I don't know what to tell you here." I, uh, and I walked upstairs and started giving my son a bath. And the more I thought about that experience, I thought, man, I was so unfair to my wife. Um, Katie didn't deserve that. I left her downstairs with a mess. And so I, 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 I stuck my head down the stairs and I was like, babe, whatever you feel like you have to do to get her to eat the chicken, do it. Moments before she had said, should I spank her? And then that was even more weird for me. And, you know, I'm thinking, good Lord, like that borderline's abuse, right? And I know it doesn't, obviously. But but even even still, right, as I was yelling down the stairs, babe, do whatever you got to do. If she would have spanked Ruth, our daughter, every part of me would have wanted to run up to Ruthie girl, hug her say it's gonna be okay this mean lady (laughs) you don't have to eat this nasty chicken but that is not what the situation required the situation required me to stand behind my wife even if i thought this was a stupid battle to pick even if i thought it was it was it would have gone above and beyond what we should have done if she would have spanked her which she didn't I need to stand, even if she would have spanked her, stand behind Katie and say, I'm behind you 100%, and Ruth, you deserve that because of the fact that you didn't eat the chicken. Mm -hmm. So this is a very common problem. We have parental disagreements. That's an okay thing. That at some level is a good thing. Um, But we've got to learn to stand behind our spouse even in disagreement. I only ran away from home one time growing up. And it was because of this exact scenario you just described. I loved Apple Jacks. So I noticed that mom had gone to the store and had purchased Apple Jacks. So I got a giant mixing bowl, poured at least half the box into this giant mixing bowl. Oh, yeah. Took the milk, poured at least a quarter of a gallon of milk uh, <laughs> and as I'm just slopping these Apple Jacks in out of this giant bowl, um, my dad walked by and saw me and he went, Jim, why'd you get so much? Cause I love them. And he said, well, you're going to eat them all. <laughs> and I said, no problem. So I ate them all. Uh, it was, I was about to puke, but I ate them all. And I said, I ate them all. And he came back in and he says, there's still at least a third of a gallon of pink sugary milk in there. You're going to drink all that before you get up. See, I, I share the struggle is real with myself <laughs> and, and, Ruth. and Ruthie. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so after like an hour or two of sitting there, uh, there was a piece of paper uh, on the table with, with a pencil. And I said, I am running away from home. <laughs> the milk is too much. Because I have a mean daddy. 
<laughs> Don't bother looking for nope. me. I'll be at the I'm neighbors. in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> so don't even bother looking for no. me. No. Because I'm in the garage. I'm right over there. And he let me stay out there for I don't know how long. Of course, until you drank the milk. <laughs> and then he said, Jim, get in here. Okay. So that was the sum total of me running away from home as a child. You know, this is a very common problem. And whoever dis- who disagrees with this? What is there to disagree with? You're supposed to back your spouse over your child. Duh, of course I am. So it's it's one thing in our head. It's very easy to agree with this concept, but we all know when the fat is hitting the proverbial fire, this can be something that is very difficult to do. When you wholeheartedly disagree with your spouse and how they're handling mm-hmm. your kids, that is so... Because what they're doing is going to warp Correct. Our child. Like that's the thought, right? Mm-hmm. It is so difficult to support your spouse, but we have to, have to, yep. have to. So the problem. Um, yeah. So if we've got to, let's ask ourselves the question, like, if we don't, what occurs? Um, And here's part of the problem with not supporting your spouse over your kids. Your kids really, and literally and figuratively, they divide and they conquer. Um, They stop trusting one parent's opinion. So when you say something, Mm -hmm. if they think mom's going to say something different, they're running straight to mom, mm-hmm. um, and they're asking them, uh, the mother, kind of what to do, um, simply because they know that there's division in the camp, um, and I'm going to throw any wedge I can to get my self-serving desires. Absolutely. And I don't know, I've, in the in the counseling office, I've seen this a gazillion times, and if when I tell her no, she just goes in the other room and calls her father. And the dad's going, I know it. I hate when she does that. Well, do you know why she does that? Because, Dad, you'll intervene and she'll get what she wants. Absolutely. If you will not intervene, she'll not call you. She's calling you because it benefits her to call you. So, yes, um, the kid will divide and conquer. Uh, They just will. Uh, Number two, and I see this a lot. Let's take the same little family scenario. Um, so mom is trying to get that teenage daughter to do something and they're in some squabble about it. And so the child says, dad, mom, blah, 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 blah. She's being unfair. Okay. Okay. Now simmer down. Now you two tell me what happened. And so here comes dad. The white knight as the authority. I'm the ultimate authority here, and I'm going to treat my spouse and my 13-year-old exactly the same. And those women, you can see the hair follicles begin to smolder. They're so angry. Um, And And vice versa, if the the mom is the principal. either way. But you see this, the dad thinks... He's being the great peacemaker. Uh, he sees himself as the only arbiter of, of reason in the house. Uh, so that is another extremely negative scenario uh, by not backing your spouse because you can in some way either implicitly or implicitly. What is it? Imp- <laughs> implicitly or explicitly. Or explicit. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Implicitly or explicitly. Either way. Or mm, implicitly. 
Plissett. I knew there had to be another Plissettly. Uh, your spouse feels as though you have assumed a parental role in their life, and that's very destructive to the relationship. Um, a third thing that it does, um, it really undermines the parent-child relationship. So if they don't necessarily know who to trust, if they're looking at both parents and feel like they can kind of get their way depending upon what situation and who I ask, they don't really have, a, as they grow and mature, they don't really have a true understanding of authority. Um, if I know that I can go to one of my parents and get out of whatever the other parent said, um, the, the idea of authority is really diminished for them. And so when it comes to school, they're going to come home, say the teacher was unfair, and then you as parents are going to go to bat for your kid. That's another thing. And this is a small caveat, but it's also somewhat on the same page. If a teacher does something ridiculous, you think it's ridiculous, your kid thinks it's ridiculous, you side with the teacher simply because he or she is the authority in the situation. It tells your kids uh, an awful message uh, when you go to bat for your child against a teacher. Yes. Sidebar done. <laughs> and I would absolutely agree with that. Um, it, it, paints, it paints a very difficult scenario well, a kid is not going to understand that. You know, we talk about how our kids are self-centered and they're narcissistic and they're entitled. But then you see parents that a child snivels about something and they immediately go up to the school. I can remember your eldest sister. Uh, she got an in in conduct or stewardship or something yeah, in the needs class improvement but yeah so because she was talking with her best friend and the teachers would go yeah she's she's effervescent oh so she just won't shut up and so she got an in and if you're an in you can't be a cheerleader well she came home just absolutely incensed that she wasn't going to be a cheerleader and the other kids parents went to the school and made a big stink and she got to cheerlead and so Sarah wanted to report us to Child Protective Services <laughs> because we weren't going to go to the school sure. and uh, pitch a fit. And it was like, well, what's the rule? If you get an in, you can't do it. Did you get an in? Yeah. Well, what is there to pitch a fit about? Um, and it ended up being a fantastic experience for Sarah over that year. She played volleyball and it was it just ended up being a good thing. Yeah. And that's it. This it's it, not only at school and sticking up for teachers against your child, but sticking up for your spouse with your children yes. ends up being for their betterment because they, they understand authority and, and it's yeah. role in our life. Yeah. It's healthy role in our life. Now there are obviously boundaries. I had a, a teacher when I was in the fifth grade, uh, and I got licks quite often. You deserved them. Uh, the rule was if I get a lick at school, then I got twice that when I got home. Uh, both my parents had to have rotator cuff surgery on their right shoulders after a while. Uh, but this guy, he was actually a nut and ended up going to prison for like cattle rustling or whatever. But he called me up and I thought, oh, well, he's going to give me a spanking because I was being disruptive. And he told me to turn around and look at the light switch on the wall. And OK, I said, well, here it comes. And he took a big old thick Fisher science catalog and hit me over the head with it. Well, I mean, I, I came to 
on the ground. Man, the 70s. Those were the good days. That was when education was education. Yeah, there are absolutely boundaries. Obviously. Yes. Sexual harassment. Yes. But as a general rule, we're going to side with the authority figure because that, that is a much healthier thing to communicate to our kids. Uh, so not only can not backing your spouse undermine the parent-child relationship, it can also severely damage the marriage relationship. I would say parenting disagreements are in the top three issues that couples will come in when they are um, uh, seeking marriage counseling because it ends up being you know this bipolar parenting where or you become adversarial parents where you're like Hitler, and so I've got to show some grace. Well, you are like a jellyfish. You don't have a backbone, so someone's got to stand up for right and wrong in this house. And so you're each trying to overcome the deficit in the other's parenting, and you become adversarial parents. But in being adversarial parents, you end up becoming just flat-out adversaries. So what do we do? If that's the problem, uh, if kids are going to divide and conquer, it's bad, they don't understand authority, bipolar parent, if that's the problem, what do we do? Uh, The first thing that we suggest is always support, and I know this kind of goes without saying, but typically if it goes without saying, it needs to be said, always support each other in front of your kids. Come heck or high water. Come heck or high water. Um, Therefore, if there is a disagreement, I suggest that whoever feels strongly about that situation or expectation in that moment, they kind of take the lead and then y'all talk about it in private or always feel free to call a timeout. Let's deal with this in a second after mom and dad and I have a chance to Which is absolutely the best way to do it. I mean, several shows back and we'll say this repeatedly, but again, your first response is your worst response. So the best way to handle a discipline is go to your room, not for the child to punish them, but for you to get your head on straight and for you to calm down. And that's a time you can, if your spouse is at work, give them a call and say, hey, this is what's going on. What do you think? Uh, You know, whatever. But so often I've seen a spouse just at the spur of the moment, again, sort of an adrenaline, you know, produced decision will say, that's right, you're grounded for two weeks. Well, that was very harsh for what happened. But at that point, you got to say, okay. That's what we've grown. If that came out of your mouth. Yep. It needs to be supported. Because what's the big thing is we're not consistent. And every parent will say, well, we're not good at doing what we say. Then, dang it, if it comes out of a parent's mouth, it is going to happen. Yeah. Even if we made a mistake at the moment. But otherwise, the kids stop believing us Correct. when we say something. And that's why I always encourage parents, um, if they have a hard time, if they really parent in the heat of the moment in those emotions, I always tell them to really structure those conversations more. You know, if, if a kid gets in trouble one day, have as a general family rule that when we're giving consequences, when we are um, having these difficult conversations of something you did wrong and giving consequences, that we have them in the living room at seven o'clock the night of the infraction so that the parents have some time to to talk about it beforehand. Dad gets a chance to come home from work. So structuring those conversations, a specific place, a specific time can really... um, Uh, headed off at the pass and not have you parenting in the heat of the moment. Number two in helping us to support each other during these times is to find a neutral, agreed-upon 
voice. And that can be, again, a mentor. It can be a book. Um, uh, Beth and I were married the day I turned 20. We had three kids by 24. So we had three kids under the age or three or under. And uh, it was quite interesting. But somebody gave us Dobson's The Strong-Willed Child. And there were numerous times where, and, and the, the God-given wisdom, because I don't know where else it came from, was for Beth and I to go, you know, we don't know what we're doing, but this guy apparently does know what, so we're going to go with this. There was, it, it enabled us to not be your way or my way. And so it got it away from a you lose and I win or I lose and you win kind of a scenario. We're going to go with this guy. And so you, you find some neutral agreed upon voice, be that a pastor, a, a, you know, a, a friend uh, or a book. Shameless plug for Jimmy's book. Oh, please don't. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's actually toe telling to me to come on, come on, with come on. your teen. Yeah, Jimmy actually did write a book, Toe to Toe with Your Teen. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, anywhere else? I don't know. Yeah, it was years and, ago. And a gazillion parents will tell you, we'll kind of opt to that book. Uh, and and a lot of times I'll cover a scenario that they're dealing with. So right. it, it, it really talks specifically about defiant children dealing with highly defiant children, but it can it, it runs the gamut as far as what children it yeah. does apply to. Um, so so books, certainly some yeah. other authoritative figure. So it's their plan, not necessarily yeah. mine one or, or my other. spouse's. It, it does. And again, it takes it away from being adversarial. And then one other thing is if you have older kids you know, be it, you know, fifth, sixth, junior high, high school. Uh, I'm a huge fan of a behavior contract where you say, this is exactly where the boundaries are. And if you step across that boundary, here's exactly what's going to happen. Now that's good for the kid because they know exactly where everyone stands, but it's also just as good for those parents because that puts them on the same page. If this happens, we already have an agreed-upon strategy of how we're going to handle this. So we don't have to make some decision in the spur of the moment. And if you have younger children, maybe not a contract, obviously not one because they can't understand it, but you can still get together and write down, here are our most common sort of parenting issues. Just for you guys. Just for us. Yeah. So because the, the kid's not old enough to understand this concept of contractual agreement. And so just between us. We're going to say, okay, then if this happens, here's what we're going to do. So it's written down. We all agree so that when the adrenaline does start to fly, um, we're not just flying blind. So, you know, support each other in front of your kids. Find a neutral, agreed-upon approach. But it really comes down to communication and trust, you know, because you can sit and have a lot of conversations and find a, an agreed upon approach, but new things are going to come up daily. And with those things, talk about them. Find a neutral compromise um, as far as an expectation as well as consequence. Um, so communication is really important with the new things that pop up. And then trust. You married someone with a brain. I know that a lot of people after many years, maybe think their spouse doesn't have a brain any longer, but you married someone that can hold a full-time job, that can have friends, and that can be a normal functioning person. So we can't just assume that because they might think different parentally than we are, that they don't have a brain and they cannot be trusted. All right? 
So trust your spouse. You do not have a monopoly on truth. Your spouse doesn't have a monopoly on truth as far as how to parent your kid. And your your kids are actually going to be better for that. They're going to be more well-adjusted because they have both of y'all's truth coming towards a compromise agreed upon expectation list um, that they can then turn out to be well-functioning adults. So communication and trust as far as kind of an umbrella over this conversation with your spouse is really, really important. Again, it's a common issue. It's a very common issue. But guys, this is an issue that is solvable. You know, when I see something like this and when couples come in, they are just red in the face angry. You know, it just breaks my heart because this is not a deal breaker. This is a solvable issue. You've got two people who love each other, two people who love Jesus. And with a solvable issue, and it's like, goodness gracious, guys, let's all take a deep knee bend and let's work this out. You birth your kids to literally, in 18 years, leave you. They're going to be gone. Their purpose is to fly away. And if you make something, right, if you make your kids your priority, something that's going to leave you and not have you as that priority, you really open yourself up to be... Um, uh, hurt, uh, you know, emotional distraught. And so you, you got to make your spouse the priority because hopefully that covenant commitment will be there for 50 some odd years. Um, that's your safe bet is prioritizing your spouse and not the child that's born to leave you. And we may have to do this in a later podcast, but we come really close in our society today to deifying children. Uh, children almost can become our idols. Uh, again, every time they have a bowel movement, we put a white sticker on the back of our SUV. Post it to Instagram. Uh, and post it to Instagram. Um, and people are so child-focused that marriages take a back seat. And the greatest gift you can give your child is a solid marriage, and there's not even a distant second no. to that. So it's a common problem, but guys, it's fixable. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. Special thanks to Life Austin Church in Austin, Texas, and our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Gar. To find out more about the Paradox and to sign up for email updates, go to our website, paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. I had projected all of my issues onto my husband, our whole marriage, and he had done the same. He projected all of his issues onto me. It's so stupid if you go, if he would just change or if she would just change, then I would. I'm like, you're giving away all of your power to someone who might never change, and you're choosing your peace to be contingent on somebody else's choice. That's just crazy.